0: a selfless position uh, you know fullback you know, it's, it's all dirty work I mean there's no real glory and he's not really getting the ball and carries and you know not I threw it I definitely throw it to him um, but being a lead blocker really sets the tone for, uh, for the offense it's a very valuable position and uh, anyone that can create holes and that physical style toughness in a run running is really important us. three tight ends including Haydner Coon is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Here comes the, here it is here comes the, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number seven. Of The Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. And I'm going to kick things off with this question to you people. You're looking to fill your fantasy football void. Obviously, you want to listen to a podcast that takes this just as seriously as you. We are in early March. How many episodes has your favorite fantasy football podcast put out at this point? More or less than seven. Because if it's less than seven, they should have been kicked to the curb already. We're the real deal here. We take this very seriously. And the fact that we've put out seven of these podcasts, including some great interviews uh, in early March, and we're, they're still coming, folks. I mean, there's, just, there's more material than we even know what to do with. I'm very happy about that. That's my brag for the day. I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. How you doing, Wolf?
1: I love the pump up there, and I, and I agree completely. What other site has banged out seven good podcasts already this early in the off season? I can't think of any. And w- I want to shout out a guy, Fantasy Typhoon, on Twitter. Oh yeah, recently found us, uh, clicked on it, and said, "Hey, these podcasts are awesome. I've listened to all five uh, that we have released at this point." He said, and he said, "He just shouted out, said anybody that's just stumbling upon them, make sure you go back and listen to them all." I think we've done a good job of keeping these podcasts pretty evergreen, at least for this part of the off season. If you're just coming up. Upon us and you like today's episode, definitely check back on the other ones. It's very legitimate interviews, breaking down the new coaching changes and things that are still going to be very, very relevant all of next year. So nothing we've done right now is already outdated or any of that stuff. We're trying to be very concerted in our effort to keep our stuff relevant all off season. So thank you for that kind words, Fancy Typhoon. And if you're just listening for the first time, welcome aboard. Hopefully you, you love our lead blocking our pulverizing pancake blocks and all that <laughs> good stuff. Uh, that's the fullback dive, baby. Maybe unsung, but we're going to lead the way to a fantasy title for you. So welcome and, aboard.
0: And of course, today this is actually a, a very relevant and very timely podcast. We I feel like we've been kind of timely this year. Absolutely. Uh, maybe that's that's our theme for the off season: timeliness. Anyway, yeah. we got free agent storylines coming to a head here. We got franchise tags. Uh, we got some coveted guys that are on the market. That GMs, owners, coaches, fans are really checking out, maybe watching them through the bushes, almost stalking them, if you will. And, of course, that's a segue uh, to ask the obvious question that any big fan of the podcast or anyone that knows you personally, Wolf, would want to know, which is, have you ever had a stalker?
1: Oh, jeez, Had to bring that one up. Huh? I, I have. I've had a but you few. You see the parallels
0: my, here, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins is being stalked legitimately.
1: I was wondering where you were going with like in the bushes and scouting. I was like, oh, this is an interesting <laughs> uh, way to frame
0: free agency. Um, Any excuse it, to it, bring said, up you, stalking for my co-host?
1: <laughs> a stalker, yeah. I, I would say I've had, you know, one ex-girlfriend that was uh, aggressive breakup. Uh, just it, it, it was drew on for quite some time. Uh, in terms of just running into each other at spots you know new things like the Snapchat I don't know if you do Snapchat but they have like a map where it tells people where you are and I'm so technologically unsavvy that I don't know how to turn it off so people know where I am Uh, I've had people show up uh, that seem coincidental so they say but yeah it's you know showing up at the house like oh i thought you'd be home do you want to catch up and little things like that that just very creepy i've had i've had my day of stalkers at, at, yeah i got an interesting one uh not even just a month ago but hopefully i'll <laughs> cut all ties on them right now <laughs> interesting question yeah have sure well i mean
0: have i ever had a stalker <laughs> yeah, sure. um if i did uh they were pretty low pro I mean, they're kind of a stalker at a distance. I mean, someone who's stalking you at a distance, I mean, that's hardly even worth calling a stalker. It's been a yeah. while. I mean, you know, I didn't come up in, in the uh, age of Internet dating. I kind of feel like if I had, you know, possibly I would just be shaking off stalkers left and right. But sadly, that's something I'm going to have to live vicariously through you on. Uh, maybe when uh, we no, hit it, maybe when we that's hit that's, it big, um, you know, maybe the stalkers are all be coming out of the woodworks. But right now, no, I'm relatively thankfully stalker free, unlike some of these free agents. That are out right. there on the mar- market who are just being stalked constantly. And of course, that Absolutely that's the yeah. uh, meat of the podcast today. We're going to talk about... Uh, you know some of the positions we're going to take it position by position. We're going to go quarterback, RB, wide receiver, tight end. Obviously, the, those are your fantasy positions. We're going to talk about the main guys where we think they could land um, and what sort of impacts those guys might have if they land in you know their ideal spot or another spot. Uh, if they land at another spot, what's that going to do for somebody else's value? Uh, you know, it's, it's a jam packed thing. and The wolf's been working on this for a while, so I'm going to do my best to facilitate this. There's going to be a sister article on the web. Website com. I'm not sure when that's going to be released, but probably pretty soon around the uh, you know release of the pod. Would
1: you say, Wolf? Yeah, absolutely. The 10 crucial free agency storylines for fancy football owners to monitor. That's kind of what we're basing a lot of this off of. We're even going to I know you listed the four main positions. We're even going to dive into some offensive lineman names that you want to make sure you track because as I as anybody who listens here knows, I'm a firm believer in lines and offensive lines being the catalyst to a lot of huge fancy seasons, and there's a few really good offensive linemen on the market too. So, we're going to go through it all. Just like you said too, the offseason never sleeps. That's why we have 7 episodes so far and why we're going to keep churning. We've had the Coaching carousel spinning, great coaching carousel articles all over the site. If you haven't seen them yet, and this is kind of the next wave is free agency. So a good preview section today. Next week, all these guys will be in their new homes and we'll be able to break down where they've gone. And then it's going to be draft time uh, in terms of NFL rookies and all those prospects. So that's we'll get CJ involved. He's our big college analyst guy. Already starting to craft his scouting reports on these players. Saquon Barkley, obviously, just destroying the combat I don't know if you've seen his performance yet, but my yeah, god, he's going to be an absolute animal um do you see the the
0: the specs they posted on him where they said he does so and so better than this guy so and so better than this guy and they said he does so and so better than like julio jones devin hester and they both got kind of butthurt and uh answered in, like, right. tweets being, like, you know, making an excuse be like, oh, I had a broken foot, or whatever.
1: Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, higher vertical than Julio, like, faster 40 than Devin Hester, more bench press reps than, it was like some monstrous D-line, I forget the comparison. The guy's a freak, so I, I'm super excited for him. Save that for another day, though, because that's the rookies, sure. which we will get into, obviously, in great depth at some point, but it is the free agency cycle. That's the stage we're at right now. We're going to knock that one out of the park for you guys. All right, we're going to get down to business right after this.
0: All right, we are back. We're going to start this thing from the top with quarterbacks, you know, as all good football discussions, you know, tend to begin. And of course, when you're talking about quarterbacks in this free agent pool, and, you know, I I can't tell if this is a commentary on the pool being weak if it's a commentary on the pool being you know particularly heavy in this respect or if it is just kind of a commentary on how the NFL has changed, where it seems like you got to have a quarterback in order to mm-hmm. achieve a certain amount of success. But when you're talking about quarterbacks, much like your big board, we're talking about a couple of tiers. And it seems that the guy in the first tier is by himself and that's Kirk Cousins. Um, if you go down below that, you know you, some of your other guys that are available, we think Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, AJ McCarron, Sam Bradford, Josh McCown, these are all guys who figure to have a decent amount of money thrown at them, although maybe none of those names blow you out of the water when you hear him let's talk about kirk cousins uh the 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 big quarterback prize out there right now what are your immediate thoughts on cousins personally what do we know where do you think is the best spot
1: for him to land uh tell me what you think yeah, I think and you brought up some interesting just ground laying points there. It is such a quarterback driven league, so it's kind of crazy to see all those names you just rattled off available in free agency. We don't usually see starting caliber quarterbacks, never mind potential franchise caliber quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins available in free agency maybe for, you know, a first and second rounder or things like that. But right now, there's a good amount of names that could be starting uh in the in the 2018 season, which is crazy, that are just available up for grabs right now. And like you mentioned, none of them a bigger name than Kirk Cousins. So it's good you're starting with quarterback because they impact everybody else around him. Cousins obviously has the biggest chance of coming in and really helping out some wide receivers, maybe a pass catching running back and things like that where he could go. But, man, you don't really ever see a guy like him on the market. This guy has put up almost Aaron Rodgers-esque numbers over his first three years as a starter uh, since taking over that job in Washington without a ton of great talent to throw to. I mean, Pierre Garçon in a Over the hill, Deshaun Jackson were his best two weapons, and he's still putting up close to 5,000 yards with those guys. So this guy's got the arm. He's very careful with the ball. He throws accurately. He's been extremely durable over his career, and he just plays the game really hard. He's a strong leader. I mean, everybody knows his whole you like that, but everybody on his team rallied behind him. So this is a potential franchise quarterback is he going to ever win a Super Bowl? I don't ever look at him and say, yes, this guy's going to take us to the promised land. Yet if you have enough around him, he might be able to. So my ideal landing spot for Kirk Cousins, and again, I do think this guy has the all the makings of a potential franchise guy, is is the Vikings. And right now he's getting linked to the Vikings very heavily. The, the front runners who have emerged, apparently the Vikings and the Jets, um, as well as the Broncos and Cardinals are reportedly in play. But they're all suggesting kind of, Cousins wants to do two visits max and be done with and they're saying that the vikings and the jets kind of top his list and when you look at those two options it's a no-brainer the vikings in terms of surrounding talent are far superior i guess the jets he's really interested in jeremy bates their offensive coordinator um so that that's what's luring him to there but you look at their talent robbie anderson Obviously had a breakout year, yet he could be suspended for telling a cop he wanted a nut in his wife's eye. Uh, That's probably going to land him at least sometime off the NFL field. So let's think about the Vikings. When we talk about landing spots, we like to call them value holes or positional openings that just drip with upside. And you look at the Vikings, I mean, they got Adam Thielen's. Stephon Diggs and then Dalvin Cook, assuming he's healthy, has three unbelievable weapons, plus Kyle Rudolph, a great red zone threat and very plus athleticism for his size. I mean, you're surrounded by four great weapons there for Kirk Cousins if he lands there. The line, they've done a great effort of beefing that line up. They protected Keenum all last year very well. So you look at the Vikings on paper, that's by far, to me, the best value hole, the best spot that he can land. And as a fantasy quarterback for himself – have the most value it would, would be with the Vikings. I absolutely love that fit. Rumors are they're about to offer him $92 million, all of it guaranteed over three years. So I have a hard time seeing him – With him saying he has a desire to go to a team that's going to win and compete right away. I have a hard time seeing him go anywhere else other than the Vikings if they offer him that type of money. And I think that's the ideal spot fantasy-wise for him to land for his value. And then obviously for Thielen, Diggs, and Dalvin Cook getting a quarterback that can sling it deep but also is very careful, gets the ball where it needs to go, lets his playmakers do their thing. I would love to see him go to the, uh, the Vikings overall. I think I agree with you. There is something
0: that's just kind of making me, it's pulling me, it's thinking that he's going to end up on the Jets. Uh, He could. I mean, they
1: they have the most cap flexibility. The Jets have the ability to throw the most money at him. And like we said, he likes their offensive coordinator. So there is a very real chance he lands there. Uh, for his value and for the rest of the fantasy universe, I think it makes a lot more sense that he ends up in the Vikings. Oh, sure. And that's what I'm hoping for. No
0: disagreement there. And keep in mind, uh, Kirk, the Mall of America, right there, walking distance, sound guy Nate, if you want to you know, drop in on him, give him a call, you're going to want to go to the Minneapolis area. The Jets, right. I, be- I think he'd be crazy to go to the Jets. Do we really think that he's going to turn the Jets around? No, I certainly don't. I mean, I think you nah. can make them a 500 team just like you did with Washington. But I agree with you. agree with your assessment completely. Let's talk about some other QBs. I was going to say some other potential prizes out there. I don't know how many of these guys I'd call prizes. But th- there's definitely a couple guys on this list that I, I think could really improve some teams. Case Keenum Absolutely. probably being the guy at the top of that list right now. Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of injury concerns. A.J. McCarron, um, his wife is super hot. I don't know. <laughs> What I think of him as a quarterback, I think he's okay. He's definitely a better than average backup. Sam Bradford. I mean, you you won't get more than three games out of this guy. And Josh McCown, I think, (laughs) is, you know, 52 years old. So um, give me the quick rundown of these guys. Uh, You don't have to hit them all if you don't want. But give me maybe a little blurb about some of these guys where you think they might go some potential
1: suitors of these guys. Sure thing and I think Case Keenum's Obviously the top of that list After a huge breakout year Really he's only played Under Jeff Fisher And been completely horrendous Or he played under Bill O'Brien for a, a year un, In the Texans And he really made Some plays Keenum has So whenever he's not Been shackled to Jeff Fisher He's he's shown the ability To drive the ball deep To try to go for the big play He really reigned himself In this year with the Vikings Which is a good thing uh, Because he was definitely A turnover prone guy Before that So he's really improved His mechanics I like Keenum I think he could be a decent starter in this league, um, and if I'm knowing, as if I'm an NFL GM and I know that Cousins is probably not coming to me, he's going to go to the Vikings or Jets, then I'd be going all in if I'm the Broncos, if I'm the Browns, just kind of accepting the fact that I'm not going to chuck all this money at Cousins, get, a, get the cheaper guy in Keenum who I don't think's all that far off from Cousins. Yeah, he's definitely a step down, but definitely can deliver the mail accurately, stands in the pocket, makes the throws. I like Keenum. I definitely see him ending up, if not back with the Vikings, because they end up with cousins somewhere like the broncos or maybe even uh cleveland although they're often linked to a.j mccarron because of hugh jackson's past history with uh a.j mccarron the actually one of the last quarterbacks to get a win for hugh jackson was a.j mccarron um who we don't know much about he hasn't made many starts in the nfl but he's shown a great arm when he's been in he there. looked okay yeah.
0: when he came in for a while for dalton I
1: mean, yeah absolutely. You know, he wasn't an embarrassment Not at all. He would certainly be an upgrade over anything the Browns have right now. Would give them, uh, when you're looking at these guys, You know Bridgewater, McCowan, especially McCowan, Keenum, and McCarron, you're talking about probably stopgaps, veteran stopgaps who aren't going to be the franchise guy for the next 10 years or anything like that, but give you a chance to draft a guy like Baker Mayfield and not have to throw him to the Wolves right away. Give him some time to develop. uh, Give him some time to learn the NFL ropes, pick up an NFL type of offense, especially a guy like McCowan who we saw with the Jets last year, had a great season. He was one of our top pickups of the year. Uh, Going into midseason, obviously got hurt, but He was the number six quarterback at one point, and he was slinging the rock, so McCowan can get it done. Uh, Keenum Bridgewater is more of that guy that – We don't know exactly what he is yet. If anybody on this list could develop into like a franchise guy, maybe it's him because we have kind of been untapped here with Bridgewater. He's shown the accuracy at times. Yeah, He's been a little bit tentative in making big plays, so I don't love him either. Bradford, like we know, is definitely an injury-prone guy. I wouldn't be tying any type of fortunes to him. But it is interesting that this many type of starting caliber quarterbacks are available. Again, we never really see that. Uh, So it's going to be big for whatever teams they land on. It's definitely in general. better for the fantasy auxiliary factors the receivers and the running backs to have that veteran stopgap versus a developing rookie sometimes again rookies come in and just crush it Deshaun Watson last year obviously just lit up the place and lit up Hopkins and Fuller's value but that's definitely the exception not the rule it's better for you know Josh Gordon next year to have Case Keenum who can deliver the mail we know he can deliver the mail versus you know whatever undeveloped rookie Darnold or someone like that give them time under a veteran so it'll be interesting to see where all these guys land. The Vikings, again, my ideal spot. I'd say the Broncos would probably be the second best value hole in terms of uh, the surrounding talent. You got Demarius, Emmanuel Sanders, two guys, two great wideouts to chuck the rock to. The Browns, I really think, have a great line Good protection. Give you time in the pocket. You got Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, obviously a freak athlete, hasn't done much. We know our guy Zach Jackson on episode five is not a fan of Coleman at all. Uh, But David Yoku, a great athlete as well. So if they draft a guy like Saquon Barkley too, you're talking about a very stacked cast for the Browns that a quarterback could have some real appeal there, especially under a guy like Todd Haley who loves chucking it. And then you got the Cardinals with David Johnson, Larry Fitz. You got two pretty sturdy weapons there that could help produce some value for quarterbacks. And both of those guys would really benefit from one of these. My prediction, Case Keenum's going to the the Cardinals. They've already talked about how they really want a veteran guy to pair with a rookie, and they're going to be very aggressive to do so. So I bet Keenum goes to the Cardinals. I bet Cousins goes to the Vikings. I'm going to say McCarron ends up with the Browns, and then the Broncos end up with like a McCowan and rookie type of combination. That's my prediction for those four value holes I laid out. A couple
0: couple things. Quick correction, the Zach Jackson podcast, actually episode six. Um, oh, I saw six, it, a nice. picture of Larry Fitzgerald was with one of these guys recruiting them. Was it Kirk Cousins? It was It was one of the it guys. It was Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and I yep. mean, and you know, and that should mean something, but I have a very distinct memory of Larry Fitzgerald rolling out the red carpet the exact same way. Do you remember a quarterback he did this for a few years back? Really, no, really put that? himself out there, really pressured the organization to sign him. Uh, yeah, he really put himself out there for Kevin Cobb a few years back. Was really like, oh, we got to have this guy. <laughs> I remember this exact same picture. Didn't work out too well. And last but not least, no. uh, the Wolf said, uh, we don't really know what to expect from Teddy Bridgewater. That is true, we don't. But. If you have ever seen that picture of Teddy Bridgewater wearing really tight pants when he's, like, in college or high school or something, you know one thing to expect from him. Um,
1: I knew exactly where that was going <laughs> as soon as you started it. I couldn't help it. That's great. It is. It is yeah, you know exactly. You're getting at least eight right. inches, to eight inch, eight soft inches, uh, eight, somewhere down there. <laughs> eight inches
0: soft. And uh, we'll see about the injuries and stuff. But you know you're getting that. Uh, he's that healthy. Healthy as a horse. And hung like a horse. In that respect, me,
1: me and CJ actually were having a little uh, Slack conversation the other day. Is why don't they do a uh, little measurables down there at the combine? You know, hand size, height, weight penis length. I, I would definitely be influenced as a, a GM if a certain person, the, like you're weighing the decision between two people. I have a friend who actually drafts his fantasy teams based on what he estimates people's dick sizes to be. And one year it got him Cam Newton, Calvin Johnson, and Des Bryant, all three in their primes. He won the title. So I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah, the, those guys all are packing down there, I would say. And you say, well, why, I, why don't they measure those things? You don't know that they don't. Just because it's not out there. I mean, if you're one of these guys and you're like, you know, you got the tape measure and you're going up like their arms like you could just kind of like let it drift a little bit just while you're in the sure. general vicinity. Anyway, yeah. uh, I digress. <laughs> uh, let's talk running backs. By the way, great draft strategy. By the way, I have a friend who used to draft all criminals. I I think I like this
1: one at least as much.
0: Uh, Let's talk running back. He's he's,
1: uh, finished in first uh, like three years ago, and he's been in last place twice in a row. Well, I mean, if he had gotten Eric Decker this
0: year, that would have really burned him.
1: (laughs) His estimator is definitely not working out right
0: now. But, uh, yeah, interesting strategy. Very volatile. Yeah, I'll never hate on a strategy like that. Uh, Running backs, you're going to get some names in this list that are actually significant fantasy guys, whereas your quarterback list, you you got guys where you're like, yeah, maybe. I mean, there's some running backs here you would have been pretty happy to own last year. Uh, Carlos Hyde.
1: Deanna it's an interesting Lewis. list uh, And the reason the Running backs are coming second Is there's tons of openings This year at Running back right now uh, So This is a very deep Running back class In the draft as well So free agency Is not going to answer All questions At the running back position By any means But there are some Intriguing names here And tons of openings And plus we've also seen The running back positions Usually where a free agent Or a rookie running back Comes in and has The biggest impact Because the position Is just a little bit simpler Than the receiving And the quarterbacking And all that This is where people Can really come in and make an instant impact especially if they go to an upgraded line upgraded system and things like that so it is going to be very intriguing to see where some of these names land
0: well like yeah. i said we got carlos hyde Dion lewis rex burkhead your boy isaiah coel jarek mckinnon speaking of guy with some combine uh you know numbers oh, yeah. in his day doug martin who i think is done chris ivory jeremy Long, hill actually
1: chris what? ivory just got signed by well, the bills
0: you're gonna you're gonna well there you go breaking news uh le blunt who i'll bet ends up back with the eagles but we'll see alfred morris jonathan stewart orleans darkwa just to name a few but that's like 10 guys um all right give me what you got as far as these guys go what do you think that's a lot of dudes you don't have to name them all but tell me some of your info
1: yeah, so Carlos Hyde and this one goes out to FF Dynasty 260. They they commented on a Twitter thread saying, "We're very curious about Carlos Hyde. Where do you see him going?" Um and a lot of other people are commenting on the receivers which we're going to get to next. beer so Fantasy,
0: Fantasy also wants to know about Hyde. This is a, a yeah. Guy, yeah, I mean this is a guy that uh, people are knocking down the doors about. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And for good reason. I mean, he showed off his versatility this year, which I did not believe he possessed with 59 catches. His career high before that was 27. So he really showed that he can catch the ball, complete back, a guy that's very capable of handling over 300 touches. And I know there's a big injury prone label thrown around him, but over his last two seasons, he's played 29 to 32 games. And yes, there's been some inconsistent stretches for those games, but there's been also some very, very dominant performances where he'll rack up 200 total yards and look like an absolute monster. He's proven he can run in a power scheme. Last year transitioned to a zone blocking scheme and still performed very, very well. So Carlos Hyde brings a lot to the table. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. He's a powerful guy, but he still has good wiggle. He trimmed down last year, which I think really helped him in that receiving game, getting open in space, running those routes. So I, I'm a big fan of uh, Carlos Hyde. I think he can bring a lot to the table for any team as a featured back, featured workhorse. And when you look at the rest of this list, especially when you combine it with the draft class, I'm not so sure that anyone else on this list is going to go and land a workhorse role. But Carlos Hyde can step in and be a team's you know, main back. Uh, potential value holes in, in terms of him, I would love to see him to go somewhere like the Bucks. They could use a good power runner now that they've released Doug Martin. Explosive overall offense I know last year they definitely underwhelmed and was the reason that a lot of people who followed us uh, ended up the, the Bucks were a, a real piece of shit team to be honest but I still think the pieces are there and they could all click with a couple line additions so you had Carlos Hyde you draft for the line I could see a, a lot of value coming out of there but my favorite place to see someone go and I actually hope it's not Hyde here I hope it's like Saquon or a more exciting rookie would be the Giants Pat Shermer that's my number one value hole for running backs is the New York Giants he's a historic uh, workhorse breeder RB1s have handled 83.9% of his rush attempts 308 on average per season 63.9% of his running back targets have gone to the RB1 67 targets on average 6 out of 9 seasons he's just thoroughly ridden a workhorse you got Stephen Jackson's history you got LaShawn McCoy with the Eagles Trent friggin Richardson had 1300, over 1300 yards 12 TDs and 51 receptions Trent fucking Richardson who's done nothing since then so I mean Shermer really squeezes the most out of his backs. I'd love to see a workhorse go there. I hope it's none of these free agents. I hope it's Saquon or someone more exciting. But hell, if Hyde goes there, he'd be an RB1 next year. So that's one of my favorite spots, as well as San Fran, where Hyde might be departing. He could get re-signed, and I'd love to see him stay where he is. They had 15 rush TDs last year, seventh most in the league, uh, plus tons of receiving, like we said. They spawned Hyde's new receiving renaissance 12th most total yardage as a whole O, which was more, this is shocking to me, I was doing digging some research, their 12th most total yardage was more than Seattle this year, everyone thinks of Russell Wilson and what a huge year he had but the, the San Fran 49ers actually had more total yardage and that's with Bethard and Hoyer starting for 80% of the year, so I mean this team definitely churned out some offense which is obviously again helpful for the running back, had Hyde have a career year I mean Hyde was the RB7 or eight this season and then you got new england too with burkhead and we're going to move on to burkhead and dion lewis next as our guys so this kind of segues into it but both those guys set to be free agents new england's obviously an excellent point for fantasy points because of how explosive that offense is, the most yards in the league last year, second most total points, 16 rush TDs last year, the year before, LeGarrette Blunt had 18 himself. So, I mean, there's plenty of scoring to go around in New England if somebody lands there as the featured guy. They're going to be an RB1 as well. So those are some of my favorite spots, the Giants, San Fran, New England, and Tampa Bay. For a workhorse to land Along with Cleveland My last one too Because Todd Haley His historic one I know you just ran through Value holes and not names That's But I fine. think we discuss them It's important to kind of Talk about our ideal Landing spots For any of these guys That we're going to Discuss further
0: I mean I feel like The value holes in, in, As far as a list of these guys Is actually more significant Than the names We know the names I mean none of these guys Are unknown commodities We've right. seen them all Play a bunch of times You don't need to tell me What Jeremy Hill's Strength and weakness weaknesses are I know right. uh, he can't run And he can score From like the two <laughs> Uh, Perfect, the value yes. holes are way more important to me. Well, by the way, also you saying Trent Richardson hasn't done anything since he since that year. I mean, I suppose you don't follow the CFL very closely because I'd say he's a average to slightly below average running back in the CFL. And, and you know, so uh, you know, I bite your tongue I on mean that. To one, insult please. you, Mister
1: Richardson. Please don't bring your hate towards us. I apologize. Yeah,
0: seriously, don't bring any. Don't, we don't want it whatever you're selling, Trent. Um, Any other guys on this list you want to touch on before we move on to wide receivers for any other reason?
1: I think we could talk about any of them. I'm trying to look at the uh, list of people that They want us to discuss. We had Hyde. Dion Lewis got mentioned a few times on Twitter. uh, Again, beer-fueled fantasy. Very interested in the running back picture. Asking us to talk about Dion Lewis and Jarek McKinnon. So we might as well talk about them. Um, uh, And let's start with Lewis and Burkhead because we can kind of lump them together, the two ex-Patriots. When we talked to Hannibal in episode one of this season three of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, he was saying he thinks Lewis has kind of priced himself out of the Patriots range. New tweets are emerging uh, throughout the day today that... uh, Jack all of that, that Lewis was unhappy with the way he was used early in the season and even in the Super Bowl, he thought he was underutilized and I have a hard time disagreeing. Uh, he, and he's a great talent. I mean, a lot of broadcasters when he was running were like, this is like a mini Le'Veon Bell because he does pause behind the line and then kind of get patient and wait for it to develop and then he shoots up uh, even faster than Le'Veon Bell. He just bursts like he's out of the cannon once he sees it develop. Very underrated power up the tackles. I think Deion Lewis has one of the highest broken tackle rates for such a little lo- guy because he's low to the ground. He gets behind his blockers really well. And then obviously in space, the guy's extremely explosive and dangerous. But he's not just a space guy for people that call him just a little auxiliary back. That's not the case at all. Sure, he has his durability concerns. That's going to definitely cause some teams some caution in terms of featuring him, making him a complete workhorse. But he's linked right now to the Lions a lot uh, because, again, they have their, their Patriots connections there with Bob Quinn. Now, obviously, Matt Patricia there as the head coach. They're saying Deion Lewis has a real shot to land there. There. And while I didn't list the Lions as any of my top value holes, uh, they they've been completely struggling on the ground over the last oh, few they've years. They've been horrendous. It's been disgusting. They've been at the bottom of the league. They were last uh, last year, last place in rushing and touchdowns. I think even the year before they were too. Obviously, Abdullah stinks. The GM at the yeah, combine. Yeah, you love to blow smoke up Abdullah's ass every <laughs> that year. Was, makes that me was like sick. two, three years ago. That I, was. And not- I'll never forget it. I'm not I am not a fan of Abdul. I haven't been for two years. Uh, but Lewis there, he'd be a good fit because he wouldn't be so much of a workhorse, cause that's a pass first offense. Jim Bomb Cooter though does a great job breaking his guys in the space, getting him up the guy. I, I would love to see Lewis there, even if the, the Lions aren't my number one workhorse type of <laughs> Value hole. I think Lewis would be a great fit, as would Burkhead. Uh, But as Hannibal said, he thinks Burkhead's going to reemerge in New England. Lewis is going to price himself out of our range, but he could see Burkhead returning, which, again, he'd be an RB1. He was an RB1 even with Lewis there when he was healthy. Touchdown machine, guys powerful, can catch the ball. I think Burkhead would be an awesome fit. And if Lewis is removed from the equation and then you got Burkhead kind of with a featured role, you already know how much I love Rexy. He would be a first round type of guy. (laughs) Not first round, but like really potential RB1 in my eyes. if he's the lone guy in New England, we've got to talk about McKinnon because he was asked for. A lot of people are linking McKinnon to the Giants because his history with Shermer coming from Minnesota. I wouldn't like that fit, to be honest, because Shermer, again, loves his workhorse backs. McKinnon, yes, did a great job after. Dalvin Cook went down but he would have been an insignificant factor all year if Cook had remained healthy and I think they're going to be looking for a guy in the draft again. Saquon Barkley praying for him to go there because he would be an absolute steal he'd be a top 7 pick in my eyes if Saquon lands there uh, McKinnon I don't think he'd be have a real role there with the Giants so I'm not hoping he goes there I'd rather see him land to a team knowing he says he wants a featured role he wants all that he's not going to get that I, I can't imagine McKinnon would get that type of work I know he's a combine freak And he did look extremely explosive all year, but he's best as a receiving back. I'd love to see him land somewhere where he's very clearly defined as their third down guy uh, and gets peppered with touches. I mean, he'd be perfect for the Saints, but obviously they have Kamara and Ingram, so he's not going to go there. But that type of role, that Kamara, like heavy, you know, rushing totals, but mostly as a receiver, I'd love to see a team craft a uh, Kamara type of role for McKinnon. I'm not sure where that might be, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, my first thought when you said that was the Patriots. (laughs) But, uh, right
1: oh yeah you know, they're
0: open right I mean I'm you know maybe one of those guys leaves maybe McKinnon comes in I I, I hope he doesn't go there because I think he's a great talent and I'd hate to see the Patriots get loaded up with anything with that said Burkhead is real good Lewis is really good uh odds are maybe they'll hang on to one of them we'll see what happens um, what
1: about your boy Isaiah Crowell I know you were loving him going in the last year do you uh, think he's got anything and if you so, know where might you let him go
0: you know I loved Isaiah Crowell I said, I gave a lot of lip service to loving him. But then when the time came for me to actually take him in any leagues, I, I pulled back on everyone. I never actually pulled the trigger as one of those things where like, it's like you're trying, it's like you're trying to get a girl's number and then, and then you finally get it. And then you just can't, you can't bring yourself to call her. And it's like, (laughs) there's some, there's some reason there's something holding you back. And that tells you that like, you didn't really mean it. And so, yeah, yeah, I admit it. I am even on this podcast talking about how how I really liked him this year, but I never took him and I had a chance to take him in every league I was in. So, uh, yeah, I I don't really think I liked him as much as I acted like.
1: (laughs) That's that's a funny discussion point, though, because there's definitely guys like that every year and people will be like, oh, you were talking this guy up all offseason. I'm like, yeah, but I actually don't own him anywhere. I wonder why. I I could have. I could have. Yeah, Uh, exactly. You had the opportunity to, but you just always went with Kareem Hunt or somebody else instead. Sure, somebody good. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I don't know where he's
0: going to end up. I think he's going to end up. I mean, a lot of these guys on the list, these guys are going to end up as backups probably. And you know, if somebody gets hurt, uh, you could see him maybe coming and becoming a featured back and doing a great job. But uh, you know, right now with what I've seen out of Crowell, sure, I've seen flashes of talent. I've seen some explosiveness. I'm not going to you know mortgage the farm to get this guy.
1: Right. You look at Crow. He's similar to like Blunt, Morris, J. Stu, Darkwa. I don't see him much higher. Even Doug Martin at this point. Oh, I'm not interested in Doug uh, Martin, but guys, I, I, don't, I
0: don't think he's the same as those guys. I think with somebody like Blunt, it's a much more proven commodity. Like, you know what you're getting. I think he he's like a blue chipper, like we've talked about. And it's like, I yeah, think he's going to get machine. X number of carries. Um, And and the guy can score. And Crowell is much more of an X factor to me. Blunt, I mean, you know, he doesn't have a massive ceiling. I know we saw him score a million touchdowns with the Patriots one time. But, you know, I would say, you know, obviously that was beyond anybody's wildest belief. You can't anticipate that no matter who he's playing for. Someone like Crowell, you could just see him just like his floor is much, much lower than somebody like Blunt's in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but the ceiling is a bit higher. Even, but all yeah. those guys. The reason I, I I lumped them all together was I look at any of those names, in this rookie running back class, there's like maybe ten guys that excite me more than any one of those last free sure. agents that I listed. So you know, you look at Hyde, Lewis, Burkhead, McKinnon. Those are the guys I could see having an exciting, like tantalizing role. Even, but then you look at like Darkwell who's run well. But if you have like Nick Chubb or Darius Juice, all these rookie runners that are so exciting, to me, this free agent running back class there's going to be very few impacts outside of hyde lewis burkhead mckinnon maybe one of these guys lands in the absolute perfect spot and the rookie's not drafted i just think there's so much talent in this draft class that most of those guys aren't going to matter
0: i agree let's move on to wide receivers uh we let's got go. a few questions on twitter about those guys alan robinson i would say is the head of the class although we've got uh jarvis landry also in there which you know I think he did he lead the NFL in receptions last year, even though they were all like four yard catches. I'm yeah, not sure. and historically I think he's got like the most catches yeah, of like any receiver in their years, first. You know, like yeah, time. exactly. Sammy Watkins, who the wolf and I would I cut
1: I, it there. Like that's kind of a tier, right? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, definitely. We well we tiers. got we have
0: a we have a conveniently located semicolon that comes right out of the way. That's it. Watkins, there you which go. Which you caught on. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Watkins, who the Wolf and I were both way out on last year, and the Wolf yeah. correctly predicted that Cooper Cup would outperform him. He was right. Uh, then we got Terrell Pryor. Speaking of guys that that people were so hyped about that I never believed in, uh, yeah, you know, man, he did not do anything. Um, and right. I, you know, uh, Paulson told us that. Remember we interviewed the uh, the Washington guy, and he even said,
1: "I don't know." Um, right, exactly. Yeah, we cooled on Pryor by the end of the season. Yeah. By the time. And the season was rolling around. I remember I even made a prediction that Pryor was going to be a bust, but uh, I forget who else I went in on instead of him. Probably Crowder, because that's what our guy Paulson told us to, yeah. which eh, didn't cr- turn out great either, uh, but I certainly better than Pryor. Yeah, sure. Advantage.
0: Everybody turned out better than Pryor. A guy had like nine catches or something. I don't know. Anyway, Pryor, Cameron Meredith, Dante Moncrief, and that's like maybe another tier. We're not going to talk too much about these guys, but I'm just going to put their names out there. Marquise <laughs> Lee, Paul Richardson, uh, Mike Wallace, Tyrell Williams. Oh, man, I spent a lot of waiver money on him. John Brown, who Mitchell Renz uh, declared the next Antonio Brown last year. Uh, you know, zing. Uh, yeah, that was jo- Jordan Matthews. Versus, uh, it
1: was John Brown versus Tyree Kill, if I remember the du- the bay correctly. And Mitch, Mitch nailed a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Can't wait I'm, to have him back on. I'm picking that choosing a little
0: bit. of. I'm, I'm picking probably Mitch's worst <laughs> pick of the entire year. Uh, the guy can friend eat wings. Of pod, so. friend, friend of the, of the pod. pod. Friend of the pod, Mitchell on. Renz, no doubt. Jordan Matthews, Taylor Gabriel, Damian, Danny Amendola, those guys are all out there. But let's talk about Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Sammy Watkins. And then if there's anybody yeah, else, maybe we'll, maybe we'll give some a little bit of lip service to them. Let's talk about Allen Robinson.
1: Yeah, we got like Dean Williams coming in asking about uh, A-Rob, CPM Juice, uh, asking about CPGM Juice, asking about Watkins and FFD Dynasty wanted to know about Watkins as well and A Rob as well. So those are some popular names. We're getting a lot of requests for those guys, so it's good we're going to take our time with the big names. The rest of them are just pure speculation. Just anyways. That, real,
0: real, quick, Wolf. If, if I mean, we love getting these questions. Where can people send them to in general? Like I mean, because we'd love to get uh, you
1: guys input on every episode. What, what's the social media account they should be? Absolutely, these at? Uh, great way to plug that at uh, uh, Roto St journal for our main page which they all get forwarded to me but if you want to just go to me directly at roto street wolf uh, is also my direct line you can hit me up on snapchat roto street wolf as well same with the the twitter handle roto st journal is our snapchat facebook dm us at Roto Street Journal, uh, as well as Instagram, Roto Street Journal. The Instagram page is picking up some steam lately, which is really cool. CJ's doing a great job. we got some new guys on the infographics team. I know Sam, our video guy, is going to start churning out graphics left and right, so make sure you're doing yourself a favor, following all those pages. And of course, you can just come on the website. There's a great submit a question form uh, right at the bottom of the page. Qu- click submit a question. Send it into us. goes right to our email, and we'll get to it every single time. And the speak pipe as well. We'd love to have you guys send in your voice messages as well so get in those questions as much as you can It makes the pod that much more fun and interactive uh love all that but let's start with a rob i agree with you he's probably the top of this class i know he's been very quiet over his last two seasons this year because of injury unfortunately and the year before he just flat out sucked uh or Bortles flat out sucked or both of them in combined for complete shittiness but he is really just two years removed from a 1500 yard 15 TD masterpiece so the guy has that in him i mean didn't just come out of nowhere maybe teams found it out maybe teams figure we've seen that from like Braylon Edwards and it happens that these people just have these massive years and then just don't do it again but it is very rare to have a guy that's you know 6'3 can jump his speed is definitely leaves a little bit to desire it's like a 4'6 or so but he can leap he can catch touchdowns I don't know what was going on with the misconnections. I think more of it was on Bortles than I would put on A-Rob but A-Rob definitely lacked motivation and, and started kind of quitting on balls at certain times too so that's a bit to question Ultimately, though, you know, this is a big guy, 6'3", again, leaping ability. I'd love to see him end up in a spot. When we talk about value holes, we went through all our running back ones. Some interesting ones for wide receivers, San Fran would be at the top of the list for me. Uh, I absolutely would love to see someone land there giving the the target hog Kyle Shanahan X role. Whenever he's had a guy, you know Andre Johnson, Julio Jones, these type of talents, even you know, Pierre Garçon led the league in targets and yardage one year under Kyle Shanahan. So, I mean, this guy has a, a mold that he loves to just pepper away. And they didn't have that last year in San Fran, yet still Garçon was a very usable asset. Until he got hurt, and then in his absence, Marquise Goodwin kind of ascended that wide receiver one role. And you saw with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the rock, Goodwin became a top fifteen receiver down the stretch there. So you put in a talent like Alec Robinson who you can absolutely chuck it to. I, I like it. I like it a lot. So I would love to see him end up being Jimmy Garoppolo's you know target hog, X receiver number one. Obviously, there's openings with like the Bears and you know we got the Ravens, but none of that is quite as exciting. Maybe the Bears because Nagy uh, could bring some excitement. That's a stretch. I mean, let's – don't overthink
0: this. Right. You're right about San Francisco being the, the primo oh, the landing clear-cut. spot. It might not be where he goes, but, I mean, that that would certainly be the most exciting. If we're talking right. about – let's talk about a different type of receiver. Jarvis Landry is a different type of yes. receiver. I just don't know how how excited to be. I mean, you know, I remember – was it two years ago that Jimbo was so in on Jarvis Landry? Was it like – Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it was, was a two, while. Two I mean, I mean, and the guy – and it's not like oh, – we were all in on him, actually. We really liked him, yeah. too. Uh, I mean, the guy can catch the ball, provided he's yep. not more than three and a half yards off the line of scrimmage, <laughs> uh, and you know, I, for fantasy purposes, you can rack up some real points doing that. And I mean, you know, maybe he breaks reception. one like, yeah, PPR right. of course. And we, you know, we don't buy into the standard bullshit. No. So, uh, what do you think about Landry? Who needs a guy like Landry? Is is has he kind of uh, over overstepped here? Like, I mean, the guy thinks he's worth just a lot like are people going to be willing to shell out for him
1: yeah and i think so um i mean obviously it's an interesting route by the dolphins to franchise him strictly to trade him not sure what exactly was going on there but the latest reports espn's jeremy fowler reports at least five teams have inquired about trading uh for jarvis landry right now and you're right he's not your prototypical when you look at robinson you're six 3 your leaping ability type of guy that's not landry he's not a guy that just is a alpha body. Yeah, he is so good after the catch. I mean, one of the toughest runners in the league with the ball in his hands. Breaks tackles real well, very versatile, very quick off the line, very shifty. Just the short and intermediate game is he dominates it. He's one of the best, if not the best, at that type of game right now. And so when you look at what would be the ideal landing spot for him, I mean, Miami did use him well last year. I don't necessarily want to see him leave Miami. He had nine touchdowns, 112 receptions. Like you said, I think that led the league last year, even if it was only for 987 yards. That's He's getting peppered. So he's used well in Miami. I'm not necessarily saying he needs to get traded out of there, but all expectations are he is going to be gone. Um, and right now, the Bears are towards the top of the list, and I think that's... That would be the ideal spot. We've talked a lot about Nagy. You can read his coaching breakdown on the site. He comes from that West Coast offense. He's already said in press conference interviews, he's going to be running that Andy Reid West Coast system that he's been born upon, obviously with his own wrinkles and tweaks and whatnot. But that really thrives on a horizontal receiver, a guy that catches a short ball and then racks up yak. And nobody's better at that, again, than Jarvis Landry. So his ideal fit to me would definitely be with the Bears. I think he'd be a great weapon to help develop Mitch Trubisky, give him a very safe, guy underneath I'd love to see him go to the Bears that's my ideal value hole for a talent like Jarvis Landry because they would use him perfectly he'd catch a ton of balls he'd rack up the yak Helfrich would know how to scheme him you know we talked with Charles Fisher he is a very willing blocker Jarvis Landry is so I expect him to hopefully go to the Bears and I think he'd really dominate there
0: I think that's a good call, actually. i think I think he's the exact type of receiver that they could really use there. Um, yeah. You need some high percentage stuff. He gives you high percentage stuff. Maybe the guy breaks yep. one eventually. yeah, I think that's a that's a great call. Let's talk about Sammy Watkins, then we'll maybe move on to the next position uh pos- position on our chart. Uh, Watkins, you know, tons of fanfare. Um, you know, yep. went to Buffalo, you know, coming from Buffalo, like not much there. I mean, we've seen the potential. I mean, there were, you know, years ago, it was like, oh, the guy plays four games a year. And in those four games, he racks up huge numbers. <laughs> Yeah. Um, went to the Rams. We kind of thought this is going to be it. The Rams are going to take the next step and he's going to be their guy. We were half right. The Rams took the next step, but <laughs> he became like what, like the, you know, the third best receiver on the team.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Well, no. Remember you even cited ha- it earlier. We said Cooper Cup was going to be the guy all along and we were dead right about. We that. said Although Cooper Cup was going to be the
0: guy, but I mean, Robert Woods ended up being, being the real guy.
1: Yeah, for the games he played, Cup had higher end stats by the end of the year because he played more games. But yeah, if, if Robert Wood stayed healthy all year, he was having a beastly season. Sure. Uh, we were never that in on Watkins last year, but I have been in on him in the past. He's flashed, like you said, over for those four games that he's healthy with the the Bills. He'll have like 1,000 yards in six games, and then suddenly he's on pace for 2,000 going into the next year. And you just talk yourself up that this guy's got elite speed, and he's dangerous after the catch, and he makes these leaping grabs. And all that's true. He's flashed all of it, even this year in his down here with the Rams, he made a lot of plays in the red zone. They really schemed him up well on quick slants and jump balls in the red zone. So he flashed this red zone repertoire, which was interesting. But he was definitely not an alpha target hog wide receiver one by any means, which is, again, what we said after he left the Bills. We were high on him with the Bills being that target target hog, and he wasn't. So we definitely dropped him on the big board. So this year, where could he end up? Where would be the ideal spot for him? I look at a place like the Panthers. They have an mm. absolute gaping, you know, if I talk about wide receiver value holes San Fran was my favorite uh, but I think Robinson fits that mold perfectly number two on my list was the was the Bears because I think Landry fits them perfectly and number three on my list I think Watkins fits exactly what the Panthers would be looking for with Norv Turner and another breakdown on the site coaching carousels check them out on the website keep pumping it but we put a ton of work into those Uh, you look at Norv Turner's history Guys like Vincent Jackson, uh, you, know, t- you know, Malcolm Floyd, even all these big-bodied guys. He's all about a big-bodied guy that can fly down the field. It's a vertical scheme. He loves the one-on-one balls. He loves letting his quarterback just sling it deep. I think Watkins and Cam Newton would do some serious damage together. Uh, Where you combine that, those wheels, the willingness to just chuck it from Newton, the willingness for the play caller to just let him chuck it. That I mean, obviously there'll be some turnovers. There'll be some growing pains, but I could see Watkins really performing well and if if not him you could get the poor man version of him like Pryor can fly mike wallace still has the deep speed john brown tyrell williams your guy your your free agency budget guy taylor gabriel even. i just would There's like to point of-
0: out i spent all that money on tyrell williams i won that league so
1: hey, there you go so, you, know, you, you
0: yeah. know obviously there the wasn't the most sound strategy but it not crippled me the way that some people said it would but yeah. I, but again, I, I'm sorry. I had to get in that self promotion there. Yeah, there's of guys course. with deep speed. I mean, you know, there's some Jordan Matthews. He actually thinks he's going to get a bunch on the free agent market. I'm not so sure.
1: No. We'll see what happens. But um, he's not much of a speedster. I mean, I'm talking no, North no. He's Turner. a he's a slot guy. He's a possession guy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, We're talking Norv Turner, deep ball, loves to just chuck it. He's got plenty of weapons at his disposal this year this offseason. So, it'll be intriguing to see where who lands there. But Watkins to me would be the prototypical, you know, top talent that could end there. And I'd be backing on him as a quality high upside wide receiver too with very real wide receiver one upside if he lands with Cam Newton. Obviously, so I'm much not to drafting tennis,
0: this guy. I mean, you know, some <laughs> of what you're saying might be true, but there's I'm not saying like I would never draft him. I'm just saying someone else would draft him first. I mean, it's like you and I talk about guys like that all the time. They're going to be higher on the board than we're going to be willing to take them. I'm not. And he's one of those for you. Yeah, I'm not touching him. Someone else. Someone else will like him more than me because someone else has always liked him more than me every year I've ever played fantasy football. And
1: it's not like my opinion of him is going up every year. That's usually the case for me, but the if he lands with the Panthers, that could change things for me. I really could see him having one of those Vincent Jackson, you know, look at all the numbers he put up under him, 1,100 yards, 9 TDs on just 68 catches, 1,100 yards, 9 TDs again, I mean, consistent, you look at these, it's just ridiculous the consistency under Norv Turner that these big-bodied guys, Vincent Jackson, Josh Gordon, 1,600 yards, 9 TDs under Norv yeah, Turner. I mean, do with it. Sammy
0: Watkins, you also have to take injuries into account because that's been a huge huge deal throughout his career so I I'm, right. I'm not going it's, all on. I mean, it's not like it's not like I think you're wrong I mean also I mean yeah Norv Turner uh, we're already probably talking about Sammy Watkins too much but it you know in March but I will say yeah. that you know North Turner can do a lot for these players cam Newton's still not a very good passer cam Newton you know traditionally I mean it's not like he's known for just like you know all these like you know fly pattern guys I mean you had Ted Ginn for a while he couldn't catch but uh you know that I don't know Newton as a newton quarterback arm, man. That's he's the, that's got all an newton arm he's, he's a limited man that guy does not have any sort of precision passing uh he can't that's, throw it into a small window we're and stuff like that just talking about running i just don't trust watkins to be that guy
1: we're not talking about precision passion here we're talking about chuck no, it and not. let your receiver go get under it and that's what watkins does bet that's what cam newton throws the best don't that's trust what him. that's what norv turner calls up People. the best i know he's not even there so i guess
0: we're all i know pure like, seriously seriously i'm just saying don't buy into this this is this is this is. I know the wolf has to put this stuff out there, but don't buy into this. Let's go to tight ends.
1: I'm I'm going to put it this way: if Allen Robinson, Landry, and Watkins all land with, so Robinson goes to San Fran, Landry goes to the Bears, and Watkins goes to the Panthers, all three of them are going to drip with wide receiver one upside. Those would be unbelievable landing spots for all three. All
0: right, let's talk tight ends: Jimmy Graham, yeah, Tyler yeah, Eifert. Jimmy, Trey, I was going to
1: say, interesting names at tight end after the first three gets a little bit ugly. Trey it's Burton,
0: ASJ, Austin Severian Jen, Jenkins, who had, you know, what, I think six touchdowns called back on replays last year. Uh, probably <laughs> four of them against the Patriots. Um, uh, Cameron Brait, that is the Wolves' favorite player. He's a restricted
1: free agent, so not a free agent, but he might get signed to an offer sheet. We'll see. And then
0: also, you know, and not, not to be ignored, but uh, Antonio Gates is Corpse is going to be also (laughs) on the market Uh, as well as, what is that? Ben Watson as well.
1: Yeah. Ben Watson. His corpse corpse also. I can't believe how long he's been around. It's insane. Not as long as Antonio. I
0: mean, I'm going to say something funny about Ben Watson and how long he's been around. When I saw him last year, where did he land with the saints? I think, uh, Mm -hmm. I, no, he was with the uh, Ravens last oh, year. Oh, he was with the Ravens last year? Okay. Well, when I saw him out there, I my first instinct was, oh, look, uh, a, a new guy named Ben Watson. Because I thought there was no possible way it could be the same guy. Somehow still doing it. But it's it. absolutely the same guy. Anyway, let's, let's, let's hit these guys. Uh, Jimmy Graham, um, you know, I guess he's the he's the prize of the group. Um yep. he did come back a little bit and put up some numbers last year after he was pretty much dead and buried for a little while. Yeah. I and mean, keep in mind this is a guy that not that many years ago I would have put every bit neck and neck with Gronk, maybe even better. Um, yep. and you know, obviously has not maintained that level of performance. What do you think about Jimmy Graham? What's what value hole would you like to see Jimmy Graham crammed into?
1: <laughs> well, the and the rumors right now uh are pointing to the value hole, which I would love to see oh, him yeah. at. And that's a return in New Orleans right now. A lot of signs are saying Jimmy Graham could be an option to go back, rekindle that flame with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. I would love to see him there. We've seen them try to recreate that tight end dynamic with Kobe Fleener and all these other younger athletic guys. But they've never caught that magic since Jimmy Graham left. Not that they would instantly get back to those 15 TDs, 1,000-yard seasons by any means. But Jimmy Graham would be a very, very viable tight end end one playing with breeze playing in an offense that visits the red zone so often because you saw last year he still has that red zone dominant skill set i mean he i forget the exact number of touchdowns i know he led the league in tight end touchdowns uh and was like second or third in touchdowns overall in receiving i should have recorded that stat uh even if he wasn't putting up huge yardage totals it was like he was getting a touchdown a week for you and so you combine probably a little bit more yardage when he's on the saints he'll be more heavily used going down the field and then probably more scoring chances I'd love to see him end in uh, New Orleans. The other big rumor is the Patriots have some interest in Jimmy Graham, and that he could end up there. Uh, and then the final third one that has been getting linked to Jimmy Graham a lot, and I love all three of these spots, is the Houston Texans. I mm. mean, you talk about space to roam yes, underneath please. when you're playing. Imagine imagine that for Deshaun Watson when if you had you know Will what, Fuller, if you had, Neff, what if you had
0: what if you had. Uh... You know, we talked about the most attractive pig roast and uh, being Watson and Hopkins. Now, what right. if you had Watson, Hopkins, and Graham, and they all caught a touchdown in the game? What would you call that?
1: Oh my God. That's just the gang bang, right? Like that's just taking it from all angles. <laughs> what hole do you want to fill? Jimmy, you, you know, Watson takes the mouth and Hopkins takes the back and then Jimmy Graham, you just take wherever you can fit it. Right. Like <laughs> that's fucked
0: up. <laughs> I was looking for a grill analogy, Wolf, but yes, that also works. I mean, you know, um, uh, yeah, that would be pretty awesome. I hope he goes to Houston.
1: That's kind of like the, I re- remember I read a term on, uh, Urban Dictionary, and again, that's why we're kind of making our own glossary, like the fantasy Urban Dictionary type of thing. But it's called like the rodeo, I believe, when like somebody's getting just like double teamed or something, and someone just pops out of the closet and just like joins in for the fun for like the, the final <laughs> last couple
0: pops. I can see it being one of those situations someone, where like someone just, just pops out of the closet. Is this someone they <laughs> Jimmy, know? Yeah, just <laughs> is this someone they know, or is it just like a stranger?
1: Oh, Does, it, doesn't matter. It, 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 you know, you can choose. They can pop out. It could be a stranger. It could be uh, someone you know. That's kind of your own cho- choice of the thrill. But I could see that being like the Jimmy. You think Jimmy, the Jimmy Graham could be the, could be the, the
0: designated closet guy.
1: Right. And you know, all you your already, orgies I mean, just,
0: and menage a trois and etc. Okay You've
1: gotten walloped by Watson You've gotten walloped by Hopkins They've just been pig roasting you all afternoon And you think it's over But, you think, you, but you think it's, it's probably done at <laughs> least Two touchdowns at the end of the game In garbage time that don't matter And you're like Why the hell did Jimmy Grant have to pop out of the closet And just pound two into my face Like come on So <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the Texans would be you're that just of just yelling as he's leaving them, Real classy Jimmy Yeah <laughs> <laughs> You want me to come back boy <laughs> <'Cause> you're wiping <laughs> your
0: face off Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway
1: but yeah Jimmy Graham I mean the three I don't know how
0: we're gonna top this with the rest of these loser tight ends but uh no
1: I know I don't think we could even bother trying but I, I think those three spots obviously New England drips in upside they have Gronk who well I hope they have Gronk who knows these days what the hell's going on there I imagine he's back though but that would be a very dangerous tandem obviously Jimmy Graham and Gronk I mean how do you defend that in the red zone one of them's getting single covered so they're gonna get the touchdown every single time I think Graham would be obviously great there but the saints i think have the most you know in terms of target share that's open because obviously he's contending with two really good receivers in houston whereas it'd be kind of him michael thomas and then the running back show there in new orleans though so it's not like they've had tons of t- targets available i just want to see him go to an offense that's explosive moving it down the field and giving this guy the red zone chances to dominate because that's where he's at his most dangerous and i could see him racking up 12 to 15 touches again in any of those three spots and rumor. Are, he's not going to stay in Seattle. They're not going to be making a huge effort to resign him, which I don't get why. They don't have much else to throw to. They're very strapped for cash, though. So it's likely that Jimmy Graham's gone, and hopefully he lands in one of those three situations. All right. Tyler Eifert,
0: Trey Burton, uh, maybe ASJ. Uh, you know, anything special to say about those guys?
1: ASJ flashed a lot of athleticism, a lot of size, uh, but Trey Burton's the most intriguing one as kind of like that backup tight end who's playing behind Ertz, and elite talent. But when he got his chances to start last year, if Ertz missed time, Burton looked dominant at certain stretches. He's very athletic. Good pass catcher, I could see a team that wants to feature him. i If he, he's really obviously again landing spot dependent, as are any of these guys. But I'm very intrigued by Burton. I could see him getting the, the most money out of all these guys, to be honest, just because of that unknown factor. What could this guy do in a featured role? He's flashed that he could really carry a t- tight end role, wide receiver one type of role uh, with the. The Eagles last year, I could see him taking that dominance to another team and being a tight end one in fantasy. So I I am very intrigued by Burton. Obviously, Eifert, too. He's been – all three of those names, they don't seem that sexy, but they've all flashed some huge dominance at certain stretches. Health is obviously the biggest factor with Eifert. I mean, he's kind of on my – jordan reed like tyler eifert you just don't really touch him unless it's like the 11th 12th round and you're like all right whatever let's see if i can get 10 touchdowns and this guy actually stays healthy but he does come with that upside so you know what depends where he goes i could see eifert and the team the Bengals are said they're going to move on from him i could see eifert emerging somewhere as a, a true factor again like the jimmy graham effect if it's an offense that's often in the red zone that's where he does his damage too
0: all right, we're running extremely short on time, but I know you wanted to mention three O linemen, which is which is yeah. not something we usually do here at the Fantasy Fullback yeah. Dive. So I'm assuming you have a good reason for mentioning those. So you got we got Andrew Norwell, Nate Solder, and Justin Pugh, and and uh, you know wh- why why even bring those guys up? Obviously, you can't start O linemen in
1: fantasy, right? Uh, And I think, you know, obviously you don't start them, but the way that they can facilitate the production for other people, running backs, you know, the lanes being paved – quarterbacks having that protection receivers having that protection. So they have time to develop their routes and get downfield and get open. All of those things are crucial. Norwell is the clear prize jewel of this class. He's a guard. So his protection isn't as crucial as say like a blind side left tackle. Yet He was the only lineman according to PFF that didn't give up a single sack or even a quarterback hit all season last year. Uh, only allowed 13 hurries with the second best figure of a guard uh, last year. Pretty good as a run blocker as well. 83.4 run blocking grade was eighth best among guards. And that's not even his career high. He was 84.1 the year before and 87.6 in run blocking in 2015. So, I mean, this guy is dominant in all facets of the game. A great interior lineman, which is rare to come by these days. The truly elite ones like David DeCastro and these guards. They make a huge difference. Uh, and Norwell, the the Panthers are stashed, stacked for cash. They did not franchise the guy. So, He's going to be on another team next year, so I'm very intrigued to see where Norwell lands. Solder more so... Uh, in terms of left tackle, he's the really the only left tackle that's out there this year. Obviously, I don't want to see him leave the Patriots. He's been the definition of solid. He's creating 70 or more every single season of his career. Definitely getting lower grades as things, uh, as his career is windled down. Yeah, he's still been you know a great left tackle protecting Brady's blind side uh, over all these years. Plus, he's a great run blocker. 83.2 run blocking grade last year. He's only 29 years old, so it's not like he's sliding that fast um I mean, he's he, he did slip career-high 51 total pressures last year, seven in the game against the Chargers. So, I mean, there's flashes of him going on the downslope. But, man, left tackles like him don't come available this often. He could really make a difference for a guy like Andrew Luck if he goes to the Colts or something of that nature, it's these teams that struggle with protection and run blocking. Pugh's more of a versatile guy. He's played guard. He's played tackle. He's kind of been all over the place. He's best as a guard. I'm hoping a team signs him as a Regardless, where he's gotten his highest PFF grades and where he's just looked the most dominant, but he's just provides a lot of versatility. Injuries are the really only concern with him. When he's been on the field, he's been an impact starter. He's graded in the 80s over 2015 and 2016. And if it wasn't for a back injury, he probably would have had three straight years of it. But last year, his play did definitely take a hit due to a, an early back injury that he ended up missing a ton of time for. But he's definitely an impact starter when healthy, especially on the interior of the line. I'm very intrigued to see where all three of those guys go. Because it's going to impact, you know, how we grade out talents. Uh, surrounding talent is part of our fantasy rubric to grade out these players. Lines factor into that immensely. And these are three guys that could really boost a surrounding talent score for any running back, receiver, or quarterback.
0: Man, you made your point. Fair enough. That was impressive, <laughs> dude. We just went 52 minutes straight on these free agents. and man, go. That was an action-packed, information-packed. Well done I facilitate but man most of the information's coming from the wolf uh, he's been digging deep to get this stuff so good job man put you on the spot again and again and you, you never once kind of faltered never once eh. kind of really, Oh, I don't remember what I said about that you you must be eating and breathing and uh, drinking and smoking football these days.
1: definitely smoking it. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's all I know, man. It's all I can do. I love it. It's socially crippling at times, but it's my oxygen. This is what gets me through the, through the day. I love it.
0: That's so great. That was, that was really good stuff. I enjoyed it. I I appreciate you guys out there, uh, enjoyed it too, because It's, it's tough
1: to get praise from the truth, man. I, that's gotta be some genuine praise. I don't really get much of that from you.
0: I'll no you, you were on the ball that was tough like i wasn't sure how we were going to do this thing we did it really well it ended up being really smooth the info was good i learned a lot i like it when i learn stuff because then good. i file it away and then i use it against you in the road street journal league uh you know Absolutely. much much to your chagrin after the fact um <laughs> yeah. we already talked a little bit about the social media ways you can get in touch with us um but uh that's going to wrap it up for this episode you got anything you want to add at the end there wolf
1: just check out the the website as well ffbdpod.com ffbdpod.com all the show notes we've been really working at kind of organizing the notes into the most useful manner i know you've been cutting up some awesome highlight video clips uh in case you don't have the whole day to listen to the entire podcast but you just want to get a quick snippet uh check out those videos check out the the show notes the linked extra you know we link all the resources we talk about in those they're great we're putting a lot of effort into that so we'd love for you guys to see those comment on them check it out and then Again, all those social medias Make sure you hit them up Uh, We're going to crush free agency This is the preview We'll obviously review it In just as much depth next week uh, Once these names find their homes And I can't wait to see it I'm very excited All right, man It's been a blast My name's now The Truth Jones And I'm The Wolf See you
0: guys Later
1: We used to have it all But now's our curtain call So hold for the applause Oh, 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 oh
0: And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Straight ahead, Devlin, second effort, third effort, touchdown, That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.